You are listening to Bear in Mind, the University of Northern Colorado's official podcast. Join us each episode as we listen to the voices from UNC faculty, staff, students, and alumni as they offer insights of local or national importance. This is your host, Dan N. Cox, bringing you just a taste of UNC. It is no exaggeration to say that study abroad courses change our students' lives. They return home emboldened, more culturally sensitive, and I think they also recognize their new ambassadorial role, both for their country and their host nation. And just for an example, um, one of my students from the Guyana course now has a parrot tattoo emblazoned upon her body, uh, apparently inspired by our journey to South America. And I think those are the kind of student learning outcomes that are pretty immeasurable. I led an interdisciplinary group of 13 students to Guyana, which sits at the northern edge of South America. And I qualify this because after returning from Guyana, people would ask us, how was your time in Africa? And we would have to use this as a teachable moment and say that Guyana is actually located in South America and that Ghana is in Africa, and also that Africa is not a country. <laughs> Our course was called Conservation and Development in Iwakrama and the Rupununi, and we had a really great chance to explore some of the different biomes across the country as we drove the Linden to Lethem Trail. Now, um, the Linden to Lethem Trail is legendary, and not for those with a weak stomach. It runs from Georgetown to the Brazilian border, and it's called a trail because it's not paved, and it can take several days to traverse by van, or sometimes they'll use World War II Bedford trucks, and our students rode in both of these. And the journey across the potholed road illustrated that they really had grit. They were very intrepid. Guyana is kind of a hidden jewel. It receives about 3,000 tourists per year, which is actually the same number of visitors Peru's Machu Picchu receives in one day. So the point is that people are a lot less familiar with its cultural and physical diversity. And in fact, an overwhelming 80% of Guyanese territory is still classified as wilderness. And much of it is only accessible by plane or sometimes boats. And within these forests, especially Iwakrama, you can find black caiman, the Brazilian tapir, the giant otter, the jaguar, the harpy eagle, piranha, and a variety of Amerindian populations who call these bioregions home. Our group of 13, we were based at the Iwakrama research station along the Essequibo River, where we learned about things like sustainable timber harvests and how to monitor river quality. And then we made our way out to the Rupununi Savannah, where we stayed at the Saramo Eco Lodge. And this, uh, this lodge is a really small facility that is owned and actually operated by the Makushi Indian people. And it's a very good example of how community-based conservation can work. Guyana has a, a lot of interesting um, uh, facts about it. And one is that it's instituted a low-carbon development strategy which is funded with 250 million US dollars in support from Norway. And the hope is that this strategy will help Guyana protect 
its reserved and also its its occupants. Yet with the recent discovery of offshore oil, increased mining operations in the interior, and then also the state's plan for a new paved road funded by China, possibly Brazil, Guyana's conservation plans are being challenged. Uh, and in fact, our group was at the Iwakrama facility when an ExxonMobil helicopter actually landed on the site in this really remote area of Guyana. And Exxon execs were there to discuss donating $300 million to help with conservation initiatives. So it was another really great teachable moment. I'm bringing 10 students, undergraduates, and graduates to Nepal on a two-week field project in the Kathmandu Valley. <music> students are welcome to contact me if they're interested in joining us in the Himalayas. And this project is significant for a lot of reasons, but it's supported by the Fulbright Specialist Program. We'll be working with Dr. Ram Thapalia who is the director of the Institute for Crisis Management Studies. And we're working on a project related to natural hazards mapping and community resilience. In 2015, a 7.8 earthquake struck Kathmandu, killing nearly 9,000 people and injuring over 22,000. And the Gorkha quake, as it was known, triggered an avalanche on Mount Everest killing 21 climbers and Sherpas, making it the deadliest day in the mountain's history. So the point is that Nepal is no stranger to natural hazards, given its location. And historically, it's been affected by physical events like floods and landslides and avalanches and windstorms and drought, uh, many of which have demolished villages and communities. Uh, now, as most people know, this is made worse by the Earth's changing climate. And also, Nepal's hazard risks are not unlike those facing communities here in Colorado. So in 2013, as many of you will recall, Colorado experienced one of the most severe rainfall and flood events in recorded environmental history. This event was really unique because it forced us to think about our cities, not as isolated entities, but as a common geographic region with collective struggles. And so the lesson is that Nepalese and Colorado communities have a lot to learn from one another. And our project, our faculty-led study abroad course, which is called Expedition Educate, it aims to bring together the skills and expertise of both of these institutions through faculty-led study abroad. My 
My name is Karen Barton, and I'm a faculty member in the Department of Geography and GIS, and I also co-direct the Environmental and Sustainability Studies program. I would really encourage students who are thinking about study abroad to give it a shot. Uh, personally, I never had the financial resources to study abroad as an undergrad, and I feel duty-bound to encourage the next generation to give it a try. So I would speak with other students who have traveled, I would work with Tanisha Ellis and CIE to learn more about merit-based scholarships because all students should have an opportunity to participate. I would say be adventurous and travel off the beaten track. You won't regret it.